1: Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I am Courtney Eck. And this is not the white noise application for sleep.
0: Yeah, if you came here for a rain shower, however, you're going to get a soothing rain shower because it is pouring rain at my house and I have a metal roof on my studio, which is super (laughs) smart for something that should technically be soundproof, but I think I'll be able to clean it up in the post-production process. So apologies if you have a little bit of pitter-patter and you end up falling asleep. It's either our voices or the rain on the roof. But I think you'll probably have a okay job of staying awake because this case is fucking terrible. Mm, tell us all about it. This was a listener suggestion. And oh, this Those is, listeners,
1: man, they always send us the oh, most brutal ones.
0: God. This is the... I don't even know what to call this one. This is the case of Mornay Harmsa. And I'm going to apologize in advance... This is in South Africa. I don't know what it is about Afrikaans and South African names that are basically impossible for American brains to wrap our minds around, but I watched lots of videos. I think I have a pretty good phonetic idea of how to say these names, but again, apologies. I know that even if I practiced into infinity, it would still sound a little weird. Mm-hmm. Morné Harmsa was born in 1999 and lived with his parents and younger brother in a very strict religious family in Johannesburg, South Africa. Mornay's birth had been very difficult, and he'd had a lot of health issues after the fact. His parents said he cried almost nonstop for the first year of his life. Oh, no. And he also suffered from seizures and was hospitalized frequently for breathing problems within the first year of his life. Oh, God, that's so stressful. So the family moved around a lot, and at one point, Mornay and his brother had to live with their grandparents. His mother also suffered from depression and had to be hospitalized multiple times over the years for treatment. That's a lot of things. A lot of things for a little dude. His parents believed in corporal punishment, and so it wasn't uncommon for Mornay's father to physically punish him and his brother when they got in trouble. Mornay was also smaller than the other kids at school and had been diagnosed with failure to thrive when he was young, so was frequently the target of bullying by his peers. His parents were aware of the bullying and tried to intervene by speaking with his teachers in school administration, but it did little to stop the harassment. His teachers said he was generally pretty quiet in class, although he had expressed that he was feeling a little hopeless as it was his final year of school and he wasn't sure what his future held. So, like many troubled and not troubled young boys, Mornay spent a lot of time alone in his room, listening to bands like Slipknot and playing video games. He liked to collect things like tarot cards, figurines of mythical creatures, samurai swords, and a homemade Ouija board, and other dark and occultish things. Mm, So pretty much our brother. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sarah, our best friend, who is going to kill me for continuing to bring her up on this podcast, but... (laughs) We were just talking about on the way home from Sadie's house about when we were teenagers and we would go to crystal shops and stuff and buy crystals. And one time I bought a white, a Wiccan herb spell book or something. And I never mm-hmm. did an herb spell, but I just had the book and hid it in my waterbed so mom wouldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be around things. Spooky have, stuff. Yeah, just unknown, the unknown. I wanted to explore it. So when Mornay was in his final year of high school, he did have a small group of around five close friends, and they decided together that they wanted to come up with something to get the attention of the rest of the school, something that would allow them to leave quote their mark, and they wanted it to have quote impressive consequences. Oh no, this yeah, going to be good. So you think a crazy prank, oh, fill in the gonna... hallways with balloons. People are going to bring a bunch of goats in here or something. Yeah. So on Friday, August 15th, 2008, the group of boys met up during their break to discuss their plan, and Mornay, who was more or less the leader of the group, at least when it came to hatching their big plan, suggested that they should unleash violence on their peers and maybe kill a few people. Ah <gasps> uh, No. The other boys would claim they never thought that he was being serious when he said those things, and he was just trying to appear tough and cool in front of them. Regardless, they participated in the plan and threw out ideas for ways they could carry out the violence that Mornay had suggested. One boy suggested that American students often carry out their, quote, massacres with guns. And so two of the boys said that they could get a hold of their parents' guns. No. Another boy said that he could most likely build some type of explosive device. Mornay said that he had an impressive collection of samurai swords that his father had gifted him over the years, And his father thought they were just for show, by the way. He would travel around and collect them for him, and Mornay really loved them, but he really just thought that they were prop swords. So the boys continued to text throughout the weekend. And when Monday morning arrived, Mornay was ready to carry out his attack. Mornay's mother usually drove him to school. But on that day, he chose to walk with his brother to avoid her asking him any questions or discovering what he had packed in his bag. I hate this so much. Just get ready. When Mornay found his friends at school, the boy who had promised to build a bomb over the weekend pulled it out of his bag and showed it to his friends. Ugh, what year is this again? It's recent. 2008. Yeah. So when Mornay found his friends at school, the boy who had promised to build a bomb over the weekend pulled it out of his bag and showed it to his friends. It was made of a wooden box and, quote, inside that box was a cobbled together assortment of springs, batteries, pieces of plastic piping and wire, all encased in yellow insulation tape. He later told police that it was all a, quote, elaborate joke and that he wouldn't have known how to build a bomb, even if he'd actually wanted to. Mornay then led his friends into the bathroom where he started to smear black paint on his face and his friends claimed that it was at that point that they started to get nervous as it became clear that what they thought was a joke was serious for Mornay. Uh, Pull the fire alarm. Uh, Go to the office. Um, tackle him. Poop, I pee, vomit, <laughs> yeah. scream. Oh, yeah, God. no, no, I, yeah. Kids, if some, if your friend is being spooky, even if you think it's a joke, go ahead and tell an adult because you just never know. And even if they're joking, that's not funny. Yeah, that's still a cry, <laughs> a cry for, for help. Cry for help. Yep. And I can see this escalating. And you think you're just gonna like goof off and be goofy, and this is a goofy thing, and you got this fake bomb, but. Oh, God, it's just makes my skin crawl and my blood boil to think about the fact that this was very avoidable. So Mornay then said to them, quote, today is the day. Today I will begin with the massacre and bloodbath. Today is the day that you can get back at everyone who did something bad to you. When he asked the other boys if they brought their parents guns and they hadn't, he reassured them that he brought extra weapons just in case. And in his bad bag, Mornay had packed four swords and a throwing knife. Oh, God. When he was done painting his face, he strapped on elbow and knee guards and a mask he'd made the week before. That was paper mache replica of the maggot mask that the Slipknot drummer Joey Jordanson wore. Mm-mm. Yeah, and you've seen this mask? It's like a creepy mask with uh, dreadlocks coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. Because you love Slipknot. I love, I love Slipknot. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did, oh, yeah. No, Joey Jackson's exactly. Maggot Mask, 100%.
1: <laughs> what if the listeners were just learning that I love Slipknot?
0: <laughs> say, oh, Sadie, you know the your favorite band? Oh, you mean Slipknot?
1: <laughs> Who released their first album in 1994? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> Morney later said that, quote, When he placed the mask over his face, the world went completely quiet. The silence behind the mask stilled his mind. Oh, God, this is so awful. Once he was suited up, he said to his friends, quote, when the bell goes, I will do it. He then took the wooden box from his friend, pulled what he thought was the trip wire and threw it into the hallway. But it never exploded because it didn't contain any explosive material at all. Mornay then offered the friend who had built the bomb a mask and a sword. The friend took it to play along, and then the boys left the bathroom to wait in the quad until the bell rang. (sighs) Students passed them, and some laughed at Mornay's outfit, but no one thought anything of it. One of the boys took a picture with his phone of Mornay and the other boy, the one who had built the bomb, and, quote, for many people and for one family in particular that photograph will represent the point of no return because as the cell phone's electronic shutter clicks and freezes that moment in time, Jacques Pretorius is approaching. With every step he takes, he has no idea that he's getting to a point of intersection. No... His path and that of the boy dressed in the absurd mask are about to cross with deadly consequences. Can we please
1: just pretend like that didn't actually happen Uh, for one time?
0: It's so fucking terrifying. One of the boys said, quote, we all made masks. Mornay made three masks. We were a whole group of about eight. Mornay put on his mask and told us to put on our masks, but we refused One of our friends did in an attempt to negotiate with Mornay, but he was on edge. I was so scared, he said, when Pretorius' group walked past, they made remarks about Mornay's appearance. The next moment he asked me if I wanted to see something cool, then bam, he killed him. Ah, Ah! Jacques Pretorius was born on January 15th, 1991. He was described as a very naughty and very sweet boy when he was small. He was obsessed with playing and watching sports and was especially into rugby and cricket. He had a younger brother, Martin, who was four years younger than him, and the boys loved to play sports together in the backyard. Jacques was such a talented athlete that his aunt said later that she was sure he would have pursued a career in sports somehow. He also loved animals and had a pet bird named Birdie. (laughs) As a teen, he had spent plenty of time in the principal's office for silly stuff, but was a very good and well-loved kid. So a moment later, the bell rang, and the other boy removed his mask and put down his sword, expecting that they would all go to class. But Mornay said, hey, do you want to see something cool? Then drew back his katana sword, swung at the nearest student, and struck 16-year-old Jacques Pretorius in the side of the neck. Oh my god. Jacques immediately fell to the ground, and chaos erupted around him. As Jacques' friend Stefan Bauer tried to process what had happened to his friend, Mornay struck him in the leg with the blunt end of the sword, then in the skull with the sharp (sighs) end. God. Stefan said that Mornay was laughing while he did it, and when Stefan asked why he was doing it, he said, "Quote: It feels nice to cut you." Oh my
1: God. Yes. I'm going to die of
0: it. Yeah. I'm going to apologize in advance for these next two names because they are names I'm going to mispronounce the first names. I watched a video from South Africa True Crime. <laughs> this woman is South African. She that's where I got most of the pronunciations of these names. And she only said the the middle names of these next two men, which are Samuel and Joseph. So I don't know if they win by Samuel and Joseph, but in an attempt to be respectful, I'm going to attempt their first names. But there is such a surprisingly small amount of information about this case in the United States. So Mm -hmm. I apologize to these men. They are still alive. And if they hear this, I am so sorry for what I'm about to do with your first names. So two maintenance men, 43-year-old Lisiba Samuel Mandemele, and 26-year-old Saimo Joseph Kotasong. These two men, these two fucking heroes, saw the commotion, and then rather than running for cover, they ran into the crowd to help. Of course they did. Uh... They assumed that Stefan was being attacked with a toy, and so put themselves between Mornay and Stefan, and in the process, Samuel was struck on the elbow... And Joseph was hit on his cheek and ear. His ear was almost cut off. Uh, uh, uh. At that point, Mornay ran back into the quad area, stuck his sword into the soil, and plopped down on a low wall to sit and wait. Uh. There are rumors that it was because he saw his younger brother. Uh Uh-huh. And so he stopped, but nobody really knows why. He just stopped at that point, which, thank God, he stopped. Yes. Quote, he pulled off his mask and when teachers approached under the mask, his face had been smeared black with polish. What happened? What happened? He asked the teachers who took uh, him to the staff room. Uh, Satan said he's going to kill me if I don't kill them before the end of the day, he apparently had said.
1: I'm just sitting here with my mouth open. Like, yep. I,
0: I just don't even
1: know what to say about
0: it. It also happens to be the first ever school killing in South Africa. So not only is it just horrendous for that reason, because we imported that very specific brand of horror to South Africa, but he did it with a fucking sword. No. Yeah. His 15 year old brother had heard what his brother was doing and so ran into the quad, pulled the sword from the ground and ran off. Reports say that someone confronted Mornay about killing someone, and his reply was, I killed three, didn't I? Uh
1: Uh-uh.
0: Jacques had been struck in the neck so hard that it had severed his carotid artery and almost decapitated him. His friend, oh God. His friend, J.C. Wellman, stayed with him the entire time, holding his hand and trying to keep him conscious. Oh my God. But he was declared dead on the scene. Quote, I was still wondering if it wasn't a joke, but then I saw the blood bubbling out of his neck, no. he said in tears. No. Yeah. Jacques had been in the wrong place at the wrong time, and his life and the lives of everyone who loved him were destroyed as a result. J.C. Wellman was actually the one to call the family to tell them that Jacques had been attacked. Wow. He didn't have the heart to tell them that he was dead but he did tell them to come to the school because he had been hurt. No. Strangely, no one from the school reached out to the family until three days later when they were offered around $200 to go toward Jacques' funeral expenses. So the school didn't call the parents. The school didn't follow up with the parents. And then three days later, they're like, you can have 5,000 rand for the oh, funeral. How? Yeah. It was just so strange. Yeah, maybe they just didn't know what to do. Or I don't still do something. You got to do something. Yeah, yeah, they were, but they were just stunned. I, of Ugh. all the things I kept reading, it was like, that was the thing that sort of hurt the worst. Was yeah. that They sent their kid to school assuming it, he would be safe, and then the school didn't even follow Tell up. No. Yeah, didn't support them. Just sort of were like, sorry. Here's some money. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Other students were offered counseling that was paid for by the Department of Education, but no one in the family was extended an offer for support oh, of God. any kind. Hundreds of people attended Jacques's funeral and his peers formed a quote guard of honor as his mother helped carry her son's casket to the hearse. No. <laughs> The police returned the clothes he'd been wearing when he died that day, and she kept them as they were, quote, the last thing to touch the skin of the child whom she had given life. God, I'm going to vomit. I know. I know. I know. It's so fucking sad. Ugh. God. Stefan survived the blow to his head, but did sustain permanent nerve damage, so he's completely numb on that side of the Mm -hmm. head. He has a massive scar and severe PTSD.
1: I bet.
0: He attended counseling, but after a while he told his counselor that he didn't see the point because it, quote, won't change the fact that I think about what happened every day. yeah. He was also completely overwhelmed by all of the attention after the attack and one day he had to sprint to school to outrun the media. No. Like, leave uh, this kid alone! Are you yeah. fucking kidding me?
1: Uh-uh. No. And also, maybe take a couple days off. Maybe take a couple months off. Yeah, I'm assuming he did. I thought the same thing. He had to
0: have been healed up enough to go to school, but. It just was such a media sensation. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they called the samurai sword killing, which I don't want to do because that just makes it sound so sensational. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It is what it is. It's like a horrible, scary, terrifying, awful tragedy. But of course, over there, it was like. And we'll get into it a little bit, but they're like, it was Satanism and mm-hmm. the samurai sword killer and Slipknot Satanism and blah, blah, blah. So Stefan is also very aware of the fact that he would not have survived if the two maintenance men hadn't intervened. Mm. Both Samuel Mandamele and Joseph Kodisang made full recoveries, but were also extremely traumatized and had a very hard time returning to work. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of Pros and their truly custom made-to-order hair care. You all know how much I legitimately, honestly love Pros and their products. Switching to a custom routine from Pros was one of the best things I've done for my hair, for real, and the results I'm seeing just keep getting better. You guys, I cannot get enough of Pros. I, I would not say that if it wasn't true. It's given my hair more texture, it's softer, it's shinier, the hold is better, it lasts longer, and it's one of a kind, it's made to order just for me. My favorite products are the shampoo conditioner, the custom styling gel, and the custom curl cream. I particularly love the styling gel because it gives me just the right amount of hold, but it doesn't make my hair crunchy or too stiff. I can also reactivate it, which is important for people who have short hair, because if I put on a hat, if I go out in the wind, there are a million different factors that turn my hair from something that's cute and well-styled to something that looks like a cotton ball. (laughs) I also have gotten more texture from the products. Trust me, I love Prose. And Prose knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. And you guys, it's so easy. Who doesn't love to talk about themselves? And they ask you a million questions. Where do you live? Because there are different factors that play into that. The humidity in the air, the cold, the environmental factors. What are your eating habits? How much damage have you done to your hair? Do you color treat it? Do you heat style it? Do you get a lot of exercise? They take all of that into consideration when putting together the perfect products for your hair. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, as it turns out, pros hand picks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get you closer to your hair goals with every wash. My favorite feature is Prose's review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason in case I change up my address, my hair color, or even my diet. And you guys, this last week, I was visiting my sister. I used her Prose shampoo and conditioner, and it smelled even better than mine. I didn't think that was possible, but I was smitten. It's incredible. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Prose is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you are not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've had. They will take the products back, no questions asked, which is unheard of. They should lead with that because give me a break, that's insane. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash will. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash they will for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. After Mornay's attacks, he was interviewed by multiple professionals who wanted to understand why an otherwise pretty mild-mannered kid would snap and do something so unthinkable. He explained that he struggled a lot with his father's aggression and physical punishments growing up. And that while his parents technically kept him and his brother alive, he felt that they were nothing more than annoyances to them. He wasn't openly negative when he spoke about his mother, but said that she felt like she was often in the background and described her as more of a, quote, abstract concept than a real person. Hmm. And his mother was fucking destroyed by this. And she would post every day on his birthday on Facebook, happy birthday to my son. She just bent over backwards to support him after the fact and I'm sure (laughs) she just has enormous amounts of regret for the way he was raised and she said he was witness to a lot of physical violence as a child. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming she's somebody who is severely mentally struggling. Mm -hmm. Obviously she was. She was hospitalized a lot and just couldn't get on top of it until it was too late man i just
1: i don't know you know know. (laughs) it's so freaking complicated and the regret at least i feel just for everyday shit yeah with your kids especially when you're struggling with your mental health and uh, i just really my heart goes out to her
0: yeah so much well and there wasn't enough in Morney's life for him to be this fucked up it was rough there's no doubt about it. And maybe it was because of his struggles as an infant. He wasn't mm-hmm. held enough. We know that can do permanent, long-lasting damage. I talked about it in the Nancy Spongeon episode and mm-hmm. things. Like, when a baby is that sick and spends that much time away from their parent, and then, of course, if their parent is also not really able to bond because they're struggling so much because it's such a hard delivery,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, who fucking knows? But
1: well, not really. Babies, there are babies that cry Up so much in their first year, they're like colicky babies. But to have that nonstop crying, the stress all levels like, who knows what it's doing to their little brains? Not, and this is not, I don't say this to make parents who might be going through that right now worry does not cause people to do violent things later in life. But when I think about his history and just the seizures and the breathing difficulties and yeah, supreme colickiness, like, it sounds like something's going on in his brain.
0: Right. Absolutely. The failure to thrive and then you add on top of that bullying, probably pretty serious bullying. I just watched a video last night that this guy was talking about how testosterone doesn't actually make men more aggressive. It doesn't make you angry or aggressive, but it does reinforce your need to maintain your status Mm -hmm. by punching down, by... Mm -hmm hurting those who are not above you like Mm -hmm. testosterone sort of has a hierarchy and so if there's somebody who is your boss your parent somebody who is like society has yeah society Mm -hmm. has deemed more important than you you're not going to go after them but you are going to assert your status by going after somebody who is more vulnerable or innocent than you just come home and go after your children or your spouse Exactly. Your children, your spouse, in his case, just a random passerby while he was wearing a spooky mask and donning Mm -hmm. a katana sword. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he also described being picked on for his smaller size and feeling inadequate because he couldn't play sports like the other boys. I also read a passage about how rugby is sort of God in South Africa. And so there's a ton of pressure to the point of being toxic on young boys to be able to play rugby at least and then excel in rugby. And he couldn't even really play rugby because he was so small. Mm. So he talked a lot about that, but otherwise he seemed to be just like any other quiet kid who wasn't the most popular, but still had plenty of friends and did pretty well in school. Mm -hmm. So not a lot of red flags really at all. And, We'll get into this a little bit too, but his occult stuff, his tarot cards, his Ouija board, that is just stuff that I would be so excited if my teenage boy was into.
1: Totally. (laughs) No. No. Yes.
0: Mornay was held in a psychiatric hospital for 60 days after the attack so he could be assessed. And while he was in there, his mother requested a meeting with his doctor to share some information she had about her son. She said that she suspected that he had a, quote, criminal mind for some time and that she'd found sketches he'd made of the layout of the school and various houses around their neighborhood. She said he'd been fascinated with psychology and was particularly interested in psychosis and schizophrenia.
1: hmm
0: The doctor confronted Mornay about the sketches his mother had found, and he admitted that he'd originally planned to break into the school to steal chemicals that he could then use to build bombs so that he could, quote, blow up a mass of people. Mm-hmm. He said he'd studied mental health conditions so thoroughly because he'd sensed he was different and had suspected there was something wrong with him. So wanted to try to figure out what it was. Wow. When the doctor questioned him about how he felt about killing Jacques, he said he felt bad because he had, quote, no future and thought that Jacques might have wanted to be with his family. So he felt bad because Jacques uh-huh. had no future, and he's probably sad because he would have wanted to be he with his family. would have rather be still alive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the doctors said, though, that he wondered if Mornay was just projecting his own feelings uh-huh. onto Jacques at that uh-huh. point.
1: Mm, that's what I was thinking. I think that Mornay is sad that he has no future.
0: he's trapped. Yeah, his consequences yeah. were catching up with him. Yep. He also said that he would likely kill himself if he was given a longer prison sentence because he had been, quote, unable to stop himself from doing what he did. Mm-hmm. At another point, a different doctor showed Mornay photos of Jacques' body and Mornay started laughing and responded, quote, that's actually not as bad as I thought.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yep. When the doctor followed up by asking him why he did it, he said that he knew he'd never had a chance to be remembered at school for being good at sports, so he had come up with another way to be remembered. Wow. Yeah. Mornay also claimed that when he was a child, he'd had a dream where a ghost told him that he was destined to become a Satanist and so had become interested in the occult and Satanism. His parents didn't help matters when they issued a statement just days after the attack that said, quote, to our regret, it looks as though Mornay experimented with Satanism and that in his psyche, it offered him a measure of protection. It was as though he could escape into this idea that he would later experience certain powers, which would then offer him a protection mechanism. Later reports would show, though, that Mornay's interest in the occult had been very surface and hadn't been a motivation for attacking his peers. They like brought in a local Satanist and stuff, and she was <laughs> like, "No, Satanism is actually really chill. <laughs> well, that's why yes, it always but, is. It's <laughs> never about mass murder. <laughs> no. It's about worship of the earth and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, yeah, if it had been demonic possession or some sort of demonic motivation, he wouldn't have pre-planned it. He would have just been taken in the moment. He wouldn't mm-hmm. have like done all these things with his peers. And he even started to back off of the Satanism stuff as time went on. At first he was like, yeah, a ghost told me I was mm-hmm. destined to become a Satanist. But then later he was like, no, I just really wanted to... Make my mark. It really was about his ego. It was about being picked on and not playing rugby. And I don't know if his father said something about it multiple times, whatever Mm -hmm. triggered that. Right. Just the need, desperate need for attention. Yep. And feeling inadequate and wanting to punch down so that he Mm -hmm. could feel better about himself. So in 2009, Mornay pled guilty to one count of murder and three counts of attempted murder. And at sentencing he read a letter of apology and remorse to Jacques's parents it was pretty extensive I'm not going to read it because I don't want to give that kid more attention because mm-hmm. there's almost nothing available about what Jacques's parents said or anything i not for lack of trying but I couldn't find any quotes really at all it sucks so Mornay was sentenced to 18 years for the murder of Jacques Pretorius and eight years for the attack on Stéphane Bauer with six of the eight years to run concurrently. He was also given five years for the attacks on the groundsman, also to be served concurrently. So in total, he was given 20 years.
1: I mean, that's just always shocking,
0: the difference in sentencing. Shocking. I know he he was not an adult yet, correct? He was... 18. Oh, he I was think. 18. Yeah. But he was a high school 18. So, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He did spend, I think, the first two years in a juvenile facility because they were like, he is far too small. Mm-hmm. They're going to destroy him. But yeah, he was technically a teenager. He's a mm-hmm. child in high school, right? Even though he's legally an adult. What does that exactly mean? And we've got these still developing brains. Totally. Like, how. Do they get life in prison? Can we prove that this kid is so psychopathic and sociopathic that he deserves to go away forever? Or Mm -hmm. is this a case of a kid who just got pushed to the limit and had dissociated enough that he could do something horrible without understanding the consequences of his actions? Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to tell. Well, the good news is that's sarcasm (laughs) Mornay Harmsy was released on March 3rd, 2022. Mm, God. Despite a recent assessment that said, quote, the final conclusion was that he shouldn't be released and that there is a strong possibility that he should never be
1: released. I, 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 I,
0: I was afraid of it. Yep. He had many risk factors at the time that I was assessing him. Harmsay's behavior had been problematic throughout his incarceration, and he was involved in violent incidences, self-abuse, self-harm, and damage to property. He also admitted to doing, like, tons of drugs. i Mm -hmm. read at one point. There had been violent incidences in the past two years again. He has never been a perfect prisoner and often lost his status and privileges. Even in the past two years, he had his privileges downgraded. To make matters worse... Jacques' family weren't invited to the parole hearing, no. hearing and were only given three days notice of his release.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, I would die. Again, I'm just going to die. I cannot imagine.
0: No. No. 14 years in prison. And then they're like, oh, they get an email. Not a call. No. Not a home visit. Not a, okay, well, here's the plan. We're going to put guards at your house or give you counseling or support you through this anyway just said email that was like a sentence long that was like we are writing to inform you that Mornay Harmsy will be released in three days (sighs) and that's how you start your Tuesday or whatever and I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked for any kind of quote from the family about this really beyond just a surface quote Mm -hmm. but this aunt was mostly the family was always and continues to be like the family spokesperson And so other than the fact that I read that the mother was at the funeral sobbing her fucking eyes out, Mm -hmm. the mother was at the courthouse sobbing her fucking eyes out, uh, I couldn't find anything. So I wish I had been able to, but I couldn't. I did find some quotes from the kids who participated in the attack Mm -hmm. who said that they are terrified that he's out. Yeah, Because... They're terrified, of course they are. And they've like all have crazy complex post traumatic stress <sighs> from the incident. And none of them kept in touch with him obviously right. after the fact and they've all had to go through their own shit of the guilt and the fear and the like confusion and all the fucking bullshit that they've had to process for participating and not stopping what he did and now fearing for their lives now that Mornay's out and free. <laughs> And that, you guys, is the end of the story. No, yes. no. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, my God. Courtney. I know. I found a book. I got a lot of this information from Samurai Sword Murderer written by Nicole Ingelbrecht And it goes all the way up until the release, basically. I was like, oh, great. I get to see if he's remorseful because I always just assume that these teenage murderers are going to be remorseful. They're going to get into prison and want their mommy because they're going to be like, fuck, what the fuck did I do? But Mm -hmm. everything (laughs) I read, everything I read about him was that he would have these moments where he would express remorse, like his letter that he read at sentencing was really remorseful. And I've cried my eyes out and I'm so sorry. And I deserve whatever comes to me, whatever the court decides for me, I deserve that, blah, blah, blah. but then he would laugh at the pictures of his victims. And yeah, things. I th- seems think he- like playing the good, good
1: playing the part. He thinks exactly. he's supposed to play.
0: Yeah, yeah. He seems pretty, pretty sufficiently mentally fucked. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem like a nice kid. <laughs> oh, I hate it. They're also okay. This is a case. I'm going to have to get somebody from South Africa to write this one for me. But there's this case of the cult that Cecilia Stein, have you heard about this? She was saying that she escaped some like crazy satanic cult that her parents had put her in and that she was like saving souls for Jesus and in the process killed like 11 people. No, I'm so intimidated by the names in that case. And she brought in multiple people. She was going to schools and preaching this hardcore Christian religious thing and trying to help kids get out of satanic situations. Well, they found her phone number in Mornay's phone after the fact. So... There's some maybe potential tie to her. She's in prison now, or not, had I think she died, but she went to prison for her crimes. It's a was, but It's a, were her crimes after his, before his? Uh, I think right around the same time. Weird. I know, I know. But again, it's like it's such a crazy case that I can't even keep track of all the people who were involved because she recruited all these different people, and they were in this weird Christian cult. And then they were actually like killing people in the name of Jesus. And it's just God, like really strange. Like South African frailty. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. So there's some like maybe loose tie to her. I don't fucking know. But anyway, this kid's out. No. He did that unspeakable thing to an innocent boy, mm-hmm. destroyed multiple lives.
1: <sighs> just just chilling now. Just out there doing mm-hmm. life at 40 years old. Not even.
0: No, not even. He's in his 30s. 30s. Yeah. And the police, of course, you know, he's on heavy probation and the police are like, he will never be out of our sight. Uh Yeah, uh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that because A, you let him out despite assessments saying that he should not be let out. He was super violent. He didn't complete any of his programs. He was on drugs. He was in constant fights. They said he used him as other prisoners used him as their attack dog so they would sick him on other people and he would go for it. I'm just horrible. Not rehabilitated to, by any sense of the word. Then you just send the family of this murdered, slaughtered child an email three days in advance. I don't trust that you are doing the best that you can. No, also, and I can
1: hear in the background that the heavens have opened up and do yeah. not agree either. No, based on the downpour at your house right now.
0: Yeah, God's like, you got it, girls. You got it. It was a poor choice. <laughs>
1: oh it was God, a bad decision. I'm so. Sorry for that family, for those so other sorry. kids involved, for the janitors, for the school, for everybody, for yeah. the world. <laughs> and, I, right. and I'm really sorry for South Africa that that's the ideas that teens get from it's us in the America yeah. on ways yep. to terrorize and murder children at school.
0: Yeah, we're not like exporting mental health advocacy mm-hmm. or social services or support Mm-mm, of any mm-hmm. kind we're just exporting how to mass murder because we do it every day multiple times a day now and that's so cool that's, yeah it makes so, me
1: always think of the book written by Dylan Klebold's mom yeah too. yeah
0: well they there's actually a whole big chapter about that in this book too yeah her. yeah so
1: if you haven't read it it's so so sad and so eye-opening It's called A Mother's Reckoning. And when I read it, I just cried through the whole thing. And definitely worth a read to hear how it feels from a mother whose child has done something unthinkable.
0: Yeah. Well, Dylan Klebold, being the guy who did Columbine, our first Mm -hmm. school shooting. So we kicked it off there. The author talked a lot about that case and said that she has said, it's probably a good thing that my son killed himself. Yeah. No, I agree. It's like some sort of closure and justice for the other family. It was some sort of closure and justice for her. It's also given her the space to then try to do something good. Mm -hmm. And she does all this advocacy about mental health and teenagers.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think all of the proceeds of her book went to various mental health and... Yeah. anti-gun violence and
0: yeah. yeah and recognizing warning signs and like trying to understand what that mm-hmm. looks like in a mild-mannered kind of quiet reclusive teen whereas Mornay's mother has had to continue to parent him yeah that's what yes that's what I was thinking
1: too the yeah. fact that she's she is always going to be stuck between and now he's out of prison so she's yep.
0: gonna ha- probably actively have to parent him like right physically yeah uh, yeah because she can't abandon right she can't abandon her son and she's also the one who's the most responsible for him and like mm-hmm. if there's any chance of him becoming rehabilitated or not reoffending or anything it's going to be up to her she's going to have mm-hmm. to keep an eye on him and support him and help him to protect the world from mm-hmm. him whereas dylan's mother was able to help the world try mm-hmm. to protect other people in his absence so that's fucking mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> it's a lot. Oh, oh, go
1: squeeze your babies. Ugh, squeeze squeeze your babies. all of the babies. You have a baby with colic. Call. I'll come
0: over. Give me call. I'll come hold your crying baby. It's okay. I won't, but I will <laughs> make you soup. I will pay for a nanny. <laughs> I'll do all of that I can do. Yeah. Because Uh, it's it's stressful. I get too overwhelmed. I've got sensory issues over here. Why? How can anybody deal with that?
1: I don't know. A weird coincidence is that a friend of mine texted me this morning and she works at a church Mm. and said, had someone ask me about exorcisms because their grandson seems to have the potential (gasps) to be a mass shooter. Oh, M-G. I know. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope that's not their first line of defense. <gasps> but she said, no, they're just trying out everything they can think of. <sighs> oh what do you do?
0: God. What do you do? I don't know. There's that woman on TikTok that has a that son that's a psychopath. Get, just send her that cat, that lady. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Oh, my God. That makes my stomach hurt so much. Yeah. That's Crazy. Crazy. Oh, I so. hope they're getting him help. I hope they're getting him help. Oh man. Ugh. Well, sorry to bum out the party, yeah, you guys. It's I, know it's a always so bummer. F- I know it's always so fun over here. We're always talking about such positive <laughs> things, but yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, as I'm like getting into the story, I'm like, shit. Well, Sadie did a school killer last two weeks, and here's another school killer. I don't, I don't mean to do that. <laughs> it just happens. I did a school killer. Yeah, Sadie Galliadet. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of different, but still not. Uh huh. I forgot. (laughs) I know. I know. It's not like a school shooting kind of situation, but but still still a fucking very disturbed child killing his peers. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for nothing. um, You're fired. Yep, yeah, I know. Well the listener who suggested that is fired, but yeah. I love our South Africans. There's a lot of you and so I was like, okay, right. I'm gonna do this
1: and then it sounds like Sarah, our our South African listener, Sarah, needs to write another story for us with the Yes. Crazy can somebody over one. there
0: help us through the Cecilia Stein? That case Please. is fascinating, but I'm not kidding. When I say every time I pull it up, and I pulled it up yesterday to look into that connection to see if there was anything that had been proven. There was there isn't. It mm-hmm. was just sort of a loose connection that was never substantiated. I just pulled up one article and my eyes glazed over. I was mm-hmm. like, ah, these names. And there's yeah. so many of them. I really have a real problem with foreign languages and a real problem I do with too. names. Big Somebody recently so called it name name amnesia mm-hmm. because I do that a lot. I'm always so afraid that I'm gonna switch people's names and I did it in a recent episode and a listener very lovingly pointed it out and said, yeah, name amnesia is a bitch. I'm like, is that what it's called? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I will just forget a name or my brain is like, no, their name's not Kent. It's Kurt. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no, brain, it's Kent. And they're like, no, it's nope. Kurt. We're just going to make it Kurt. <laughs> We're going to get through this whole story with Kent. And then for f- mm-hmm. three sentences, it's Kurt. I'm like, why, mm-hmm. brain, why? Yeah.
1: or my mouth just says, you don't get to be able to pronounce that name at all. ever." no. no.
0: You're just gonna panic anytime you see something in a foreign language. You're yeah, just go into a cold, fucking ice cold panic and not mm-hmm. be able to say it.
1: So. Well, we are recording this a little early. Yeah, uh, to prepare for next week. So, do we have name time?
0: Oh, let me see. Let's see if we have enough name time to make it worth it. Might save that. Yeah. No, we don't have enough yet. Okay. So we'll save that. But let's do a couple Ooh. Okay. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh. If you all don't know, we have a Patreon. You can sign up for our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. There are like 170-something episodes over there. Whole-ass, full-ass episodes. Uh, um, Most of them are an hour long. So if you need tons, tons, tons more content and a whole lot more of this voice squawking in your ears. Mm Mm-hmm. Head on over there and get it. Get on it. We can and then do it you, over there to it. Do it over there to it, and you'll also get a shouty out. We will just sing you a little funny song or sing, make you a poem or just give you a bunch of compliments. Yeah, whatever you want. Your choice. Yeah. But not really because no. you don't get to choose. No, spirit just leads me. Just, <laughs> just open up my heart and mind, and the universe passes through me, and whatever comes out comes out, and that's what you get.
1: <laughs> and you don't throw a fit.
0: Who do we have this Thank- week? you so much to Melissa H. Melissa. Here's the thing, Melissa. I, I Melissa walks into the detective's office, slams her fist down on the desk and says, Listen up, gentlemen. I'm sick of your, all your shenanigans. I'm going to need everybody to listen up. And all the men sit up straight honk, at the same time. Makes it sound <laughs> And she slaps the dossier on the desk and she opens it up and she's like, everyone's going to need to explain themselves. Explain to me how I got this good looking. And they're like, I think our resources would be better spent. Other play. And you just interrupt them. No. Explain to me how I got so brave, how I got so bold, how I became so powerful in this at this young, young age. And they say, yeah, you know what? Now that you bring it up, this is a good point. Everybody gets out the red string. Start tacking things on the board. Melissa's <laughs> ability to multitask. Melissa's ability to light up a room with her smile. Melissa's ability to make people feel simultaneously supported Uh loved and slightly intimidated Melissa's ability to coordinate an outfit like none other (laughs) Melissa's ability to walk into a room with so much confidence that everybody shivers in their boots a little bit they tack 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 string 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 and then before you know it the whole detective squad has to uh, what's the word quit (laughs) (laughs) resign Yes, they have all resigned because they will never be able to unravel the mystery that is Melissa. Her power, her grace, her beauty, her intelligence, her charisma. <laughs> Mind hunter has nothing on Melissa. <laughs> Fucking Paul Holes, forget about it. Garden State, yes. Melissa, uh-uh, never going to figure that case, never going to crack that one, Never. She'd be sneaking into your house at five in the morning, charming you, dazzling you,
1: arresting you,
0: arresting you like in the arresting way, not in the punitive way. That's Melissa. Sure, your attention. Yes. The dossier grows the boxes, the case files, cages, (laughs) shelves and shelves. no, No one will never know. And when, they, when the FBI releases the information in 20 years, just like the Kennedy assassination files, redacted. It's too much. The American people can't handle it. All redacted, page after page after page of black lines. That's all you get, because Melissa, it's too much, too powerful. We'll never know. Never know. Never know. Never know. Ooh, that's the X-Files song.
1: Thank you you so much to Sophie Stell.
0: What? Sophie Stell? Sophie Stell? Everybody (laughs) yell, Sophie (laughs) Stell. It's Sophie Stell. We do not know how Sophie Stell... Came to y'all. (laughs) I don't know what that rhymes with Stell. but This I can tell that Sophie rang the bell the day that she was born. She did not come from hell. She (laughs) came from the heavens above and the angels brought her down to us. They dropped her down on the (laughs) begins the wor- <laughs> life of Sophie on this mortal plane but Sophie will complete her reign as the angel as the most angelic of us all <laughs> because y'all cannot comprehend Sophie still even if you tried your brain would your brain would become fried by trying to comprehend Sophie's magic and the fact that she never ends she just begins and it's a cycle that will drive the mortals mad because Sophie is a beautiful princess of heaven she's the God's chosen favorite. Next to Jesus, I don't want to make the Christians mad, but the lesser books talked of Sophie and her magic and her power. But they were buried in the annals of history. Trust me on this one. It's totally not blasphemous to make a bug. God's second favorite being <laughs> Sophie because it's just a joke. Can't you take a joke. We love you, Sophie.
1: Last but certainly not least, yes, yes, <laughs> Ooh. yes. Thank you so much to Kicks B.
0: Oh. <laughs> Bye. Come on, Kix. What are you trying to K, do? I know. K-I-X-X. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to t- get me out of a job. You're trying to take my job, Kix. Well, guess what? You can have it. Because if there's anybody <laughs> who's going to, who I will bow down to, it is Kix. K-I-X-X. If there's anybody that I'm going to walk into a room and be like, you son of a bitch. Kix, you got me again. I have nothing to say to you. I have no way to. There's no sparring here. There's no mental sparring. There's no. I'm. I'm always gonna concede to kicks. I'm always gonna say, "Yo, kicks. Why don't you take this and toss it over to kicks?" And kicks is like, wink. You know it. Toots. I got this. I'm. I got this handled. Don't worry about it. Anybody, any activity, any challenge, any conundrum anything ever Kix has got it and Kix is going to do it with a like on a skateboard Kix is going to do it while <laughs> jet skiing Kix is going to do it fucking while paragliding zip lining shark sw- riding <laughs> <laughs> Kix is going to do it hand, on, on their hands like handstand style Kix can do a round off back handspring I can't. You can't. Kicks can. Kicks can fucking paint. Does it just a, casually can paint like a Dutch master? Kicks can cook. Kicks can sing. Kicks can <laughs> write poetry. Kicks can fucking write or, or, or orchestral pieces. <laughs> just from YouTube, anything. you know what I mean? Yes. Kicks is like I think I want to learn how to co- compose orchestral masterpieces gets on youtube does it no problem kicks kicks is attractive obviously i think that goes without saying like what the fuck (laughs) kicks what are you trying to do to the people what are you trying to do to everybody be the everybody needs hope in this world and you know what kicks does (laughs) destroys hope by being so attractive and so charismatic and so talented Everyone's like, well, like when Sadie's uh, youngest son heard Billie Eilish for the first time and started crying and said, I will, mom, I will never make something this beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's how we all feel when we're Mm -hmm. around kicks. Mm -hmm. It's never going to happen. So we might as well give up. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Kicks. We love you, Kicks. Get off that shark. It's not nice to the shark. Even the shark feels a little (laughs) bummed out about it. I'm like, fuck. I was a, I was an apex predator, and now I'm just a baby little cute shark just swimming around with his kicks on me. You might as well be a horse. Exactly. Might as well be one of those ponies at the fucking petting zoo that they pay $5 to ride around that little tiny sad circle with the squeaky metal thing. That's what I am now. You've reduced me to that kick. Thanks for nothing. I was a shark. I was a mean, mean shark. I have two rows of teeth. Oh, that is useless now. Might as well be a pug's mouth. <laughs> thanks thanks for nothing in a good way all of that in a good way obviously, obviously. we love you kicks we love you all so much so much and if you want to spend more time with us you can always go to facebook instagram tiktok and youtube at they will kill you can email us at they will kill at gmail.com you can go to our website theywillkill.com.
1: you can rate review and subscribe to us yes please 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 And we always, always want to say thank you, A.J. Bergant, for your music. Thank you so
0: much for letting us have that music. (laughs) Uh, We love you all so much. We love you all so much. Thank you for being here. And
1: we're going to do it again another time very soon.
0: We do. We will do that. And we do love you, men. We really do. That's why we want all of us to be better together. So much. Yes. Silly world that we can't do that. Because yep. we should be able to, because we are all precious and beautiful, and um, we love you. Not
1: as beautiful or precious as kicks.
0: No, but God, we all just need to like, mm-hmm. it's uh, just you know, accept it and move on, <laughs> <laughs> and worship kicks as kicks deserves to be worshipped. That's all we're <laughs> <too. laughs> We love you, we baby. We love you. We'll, we'll see you real soon. soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye.